Okay, so we, we had a little break and we'll continue the conversation. Uh, we were just getting going there as far as I'm concerned. Um, but for uh, people maybe just tuning into this, uh, we in the part one did try to cover the basic thing. What is an enlightenment intensive? We're talking about this retreat format invented by Charles Berner in the 60s based on the age-old, millennia-old question who am i or what am i what is my true nature certainly it's been talked about in the ancient hindu scriptures and there are many lineages that have used that self-inquiry format that question has been there somehow or other also in all the buddhist traditions and so forth and then we're bringing in something new from the from the the modern world if you like of of bringing in this precise communication tools, people sitting together, working in pairs, 40 minutes, five minutes each way, one person contemplating their question and talking to the other person, the other person listening without any kind of judgment, without any kind of comment, and just taking in what's happening and using an inquiry into our true nature happening in this very formal communicative method. And Enlightenment Intensive is a format that was developed where it was found to be very, very precise and useful and best done over a three-day period. So that's what we're talking about. And at Spirit Horse, we've been doing that now for 33 years. So we do these three-day Enlightenment Intensives. Starts on a Thursday evening. You're all finished by Sunday evening. And then we added a couple of days afterwards to breathe in the ecstasy or just let things arise. And and uh, that's the format we're discussing. So... Um, that's as short as we can put it, and maybe we'll just uh, continue with some of the things that arise on this quite amazing uh, format, this retreat shape, and maybe have a look at how it relates to other things that people are doing. Um, satsang, Advaita, Tibetan Buddhism. Um, Vipassana. Vipassana, and uh, maybe even some of the medicine that's uh, traditions that have been explored lately. Okay, so, uh, but we we thought uh, the conversation was getting around a little bit to uh, crises that occur and the barriers that come up. Because even though we're talking about a, a very short three-day thing, this is not some, like, nice, gentle weekend. This delivers, as we were discussing, like some really powerful things happen, breakthrough experiences happen. If you engage in this for a day and a half, and if you definitely if you engage in it in, in, it, in over three days, you're going to hit those major points in the cycle of it. The thing is, you're sticking at it from six in the morning till midnight. So you do that. You 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 let us set set aside everything else. Put all your energy. You're working in dyads. There are other people involved. You're in a room full of people doing this. If you stick at it 18 hours a day, chances are a crisis of identity will occur. Chances are that that's how the technique is going to work with you, that your identifications, what you think you are, who you think you are, is going. you're going to start noticing the, the holes and the gaps and the crevices in it, and then your crisis will start to happen, which is a good thing. People do not get enlightened by having a nice time all the time. So, um, yes, yeah, so guys, so uh, share a bit about your crises. <laughs> or, uh, just uh, talk a little bit about your, um, you know, what do you hit against when you're doing this? Because it, it, enlightenment is not going to come cheap. It's not going to come free. It's not just a nice feeling. We're talking about the real thing. So you're gonna you're gonna hit resistance. You're gonna hit barriers at some point or other. That's a kind of given. Uh, um, anything mean, you'd like to say about that, mm -hmm. just so people can get from a feel my, for how yeah. it is? 
Yeah, I mean, my point of view is, from what I see of you, you don't really have much crisis yeah. in the AI. Yes, so. yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. All right, I'll hate start those then. Because <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. Down like, oh, I'm so happy. It's uh, great. Well, it's definitely doing. not always that way. No. Sometimes it is, yeah, but yeah. Um, it's not like that all the time. And even when it, like, I will often get to a place where I do feel completely peaceful, yet there's... There's this kind of stuckness that is still there that wants to hold on to being Elliot, want, keep, wants to continue being me, even though I can feel this other realm right there. I still I want to be me. And and it's kind of like I'm f- this fear of just letting go into this chaos. It's like I'm not in control anymore. It's all like anything could happen, but there's this part that just wants to be in control and I've very rarely ever been able to get past that barrier and yet I do still feel very peaceful but there's this Mm. underlying kind of tension or like it's Fear, true. That, that's not even a crisis at all. When yeah, it comes, yeah. when you're talking about enlightenment yeah. intensive crisis, you're talking about people rolling on the floor, going, "No, I yeah. refuse to do this te- technique any further. No, I was, you know, <laughs> as a child, this terrible thing happened yeah. to me, and I can't face it anymore. And you know, the tears are there, and the agony is there. And it's like, no, why would I? Why are you doing this to me? You're all terrible people. It's like, get back on your cushion and tell me who you are. Yeah. It's like a crisis <clears throat> can be like really, really serious, or it can be a kind of you can see somebody who's stuck. For an hour, then another hour, then another hour, then another hour, then another yeah. hour. Like, and then a day. And they're kind of like, come on, come on. And then yeah. and then it comes this kind of, but they say it's the mm. ceiling of the building. Yeah. And it's like, okay, full blown. I've been sitting on this for 45 years. And now, you know, my little sister or whatever it was, bang, some mm. huge, great thing. Uh, not always huge, but it can. But that's, that, that's classic enough in some ways. Or, you know, the crisis like that can be like, okay, there's the barrier, that's it. What people don't see is that person has been sitting on and struggling with something that they needed to say or communicate. And the Enlightenment Intensive brings it up. It's like, it corners you. This is a major identification. This is something that's like, I think this is me. And I agree with him. You seem to get a very easy ride. (laughs) It's like, he's a little bit tired. He's a little bit bored. And then, what well, before you know, is talking about why the Buddha, why the, <laughs> yeah. why, why the Buddha tankers look like that. Well, you know, they they, they jewel them because of the consciousnesses arising and the the head consciousness and the heart consciousness and then and the knee consciousness and the wind. and he's like talking like a Buddha. And he's like that guy's done hardly anything and he's sitting there in bliss, saying pretty cool stuff. Yeah. There was a. <laughs> I don't know how much we're supposed to be sharing of dyads because that's not what you're supposed to do. Well, yeah, we're not going to we're going to share from our own experience, but we're not going to you know an enlightenment tends to be a sacrosanct thing. Where all right, we are friends and we're going to make fun of each other a little bit, but we're we're not going to be sharing the experiences of other people who were there on any of these intensives. You know, yeah. But with that being said, I do now that I've said it. Most of the time, I look at you and. Even when you're struggling, you're not struggling. It's, like, it's, it's that. It's almost as if you've learnt it from the AI. It's like struggling. This is what's just happening now, and it's not. It's it's not a savage crisis. Right? I don't know if I can do this anymore. I've got to go. I've got to leave. It's, yeah. It's that. But it, don't get is, me wrong. It's fucking shit, and it's a drudge, and it is boring sometimes for the whole day. 
But yeah. Yeah. You and then, and then it will, yeah. Then, then I'll go for a break and come back, and then it's like, oh, yeah. this is it. I love this. You were struggling brilliant. with something in May, though. I remember it. I remember all day I heard yeah. I could hear you. But it's not a crisis. It yeah, was, yeah. It's just uh, acknowledging struggle. And you, I'm, I'm pretty sure you were just like, I'm just fed up of this. Yeah. I'm not going anywhere. Nothing's yeah. happening. I'm doing it. I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. Yeah, he's, I'm waiting. A, he's one of the sport kids of the Enlightenment. <laughs> he's like, I didn't even have a direct experience today, you know. And I, the, the Buddhas haven't appeared and the goddess is ignoring me and I'm fed up. Uh, whereas, uh, you know, a lot of people come carrying very heavy weight, very, very heavy weight on their shoulders. So you never know what someone's carrying and how it can be. So some people do have to grind through it. And let's, um, let's just, for the people who are listening and maybe never seen what Enlightenment Intensive looks like, there, there are definitely some people who are looking at the door thinking, can I just get there without being interrupted by any of the staff yeah. or by me going to talk to them? And there are people who slink off in the night and just, I can't stand this anymore. Mm. They usually give notice and say, like, I just can't do this anymore. And I'm like, why? Oh, you just got to sit on a cushion and inquire into who you are? No, no, I definitely, no, absolutely can't do it anymore. Why? Oh, I have to go and see my wife. Why? How long have you been married? 40 years. Well, see you later. Real mad, the mind churns up things. Like, no, no, I promised myself I'd go mountain climbing. Okay, we'll finish the intensive. There's only two more days to go, and you can go mountain climbing. And it's like, no, no, I have to go now. (laughs) It's like, you have to go now? Mountain climbing? Did you sign up for a three-day retreat, and did you read that it's quite intense and quite demanding? Yeah, I did, yeah. And you want to go mountain climbing in the middle of it? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been ignoring my heart's desire all my life. I was like, mm, do you think it's best to finish one thing and then go and do something else? No matter what you say to them, it's like they're in crisis. So it's like there's something is coming up they do not want to face. That's a defense mechanism. People can have like, oh, my Christian faith is in doubt or I want to go mountain climbing, I need to see my wife or I just absolutely have to go. Something comes up that it's like that's more important than being here. And it suddenly feels like, They've signed up to be in a monastery for three years. It's not three years, it's three days. And they're they're usually into the day and a half in. It's like, just hang on for another day Mm. and a half. And no, I absolutely cannot. Now, most people do, and we encourage them to. But this is the mind. And if you can get through it, a crisis is about to happen for a person like that. Something that they think is very, very important to being them is about to be annihilated. And freedom and something else, but, but they doesn't like... Oh, freedom is here and, and, and bliss and everything's going to be wonderful. No, it can feel like I'm going to lose everything. I'm going to lose something very important if I go through this process any longer. That's a crisis. Something you think, mm. I cannot get through this. I don't even want to try. It's going to destroy me. And, of course, the thing to do is, and we always tell mm. people this is going to happen, the thing to do is go through it. Straight through the middle. Don't waste a minute. Don't hang around. Get ready and go for it. Yeah. But uh, James, so, you want to yeah, say something yeah. about your experience, please? Yeah, I want to hear. <clears throat> I mean, I've not... Uh... Tell us about your struggle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say I've had a crisis. I will admit that I do break the rules sometimes and, and uh, sly a packet of peanuts in my back pocket or something to get through the food because sometimes the no sleep and the no food can put me in a quiet... Not no sleep, but six hours of sleep a night, max, yeah. and then a rest yeah. in the afternoon. So it's pretty pretty demanding, all right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I can get quite agitated. And that's, that's, that's 
that is the barrier I face, really. I remember um, my first or second DI. The, probably the, the biggest challenge I've faced was having some sort of experience. I don't know if I would call it a direct experience. Um, but, I mean, when the bell rang, I fell back off, off my seat and, and literally was like, whoa, you've just interrupted the moment there. Um, and it was so hard for me to climb back up the mountain when all I could hear was these yappy humans around me whinging and whining about all their little problems, people not doing the technique and just talking and talking and talking. That's what I struggle with. I'm a bit of a control freak, a bit of an aggressive control <laughs> freak um, and not a perfect one. So I do tend to hold people in quite a high, to, high, to a higher standard. And it's so funny because I remember you did your lecture. I think it was on the last day, actually. Um, and in as part of your lecture, you said, "Look, you can you can go up and you can come down. Frustrations can arise, um, and but you have to express what it is that comes up when you inquire. Let's just say I'm angry or I'm frustrated." try and express from that place and my biggest crisis is getting getting pissed off with other people really and the second that I expressed that and I remember exactly what I did I just sat down and went and excuse my French but I went wow wow fucking wow all I can hear is wow 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 <laughs> and it was such a nice release it was so good to i do not like that part of myself i i know that maybe i should be less attached to that but i do not like that overcritical overjudgmental high standard holding person but just to be it and go through it and let it have its way was a way for me to move through that that's I think the biggest crisis I've probably gone through. Yeah, that's a, you're kind of breaking the rules there too. And maybe you should yeah. have come down on you a little bit hard because the idea is you do have to go through your crisis. You do have to be truthful. You have to be honest and as real as you possibly can be in expressing what's going on. But you are not allowed to, to talk about the other people on the other people yeah. on the intensive. I know. Because so, once, once we've all had as much criticism as we need forever, pretty yeah. much. So as soon as people start to open up and go into very vulnerable spaces, or you know, maybe vulnerable is not just the only word, but go into spaces that feel very delicate, if someone's going to start judging them, if someone's going to then they go back into their social armored position and they're going to cut so we should have come down on that but that is nevertheless you know that, that's an example of a real crisis where you can kind of see this is your particular way of getting wound up and mm. it comes up and you kind of do have to find a way of honestly expressing it it's not to say you know i feel a little bit overcritical of others it's got to have yeah. the it's got to have the this is how it this is how great it yeah, I feel yeah. so that honesty is required, but yeah, with that, with, and it's funny to be honest without blaming others is another thing because, really, I mean, that's it's not their issue, it's my issue. And I mean, especially after doing the monitor training recently, 
it is very important for everybody to feel safe. Yeah. In in the Enlightenment intensive, the second the safe is a word I'd argue with, but yeah, I know what you're saying. Whether well, able to express without judgment, yeah. even even a simple smile from a listening partner, is enough mm. to to bring someone back into the to get it going. Oh, there's a relationship here that I need to be aware of, rather than just expressing what is. Yeah. Mm. So it's important we're all clear that there's a this is a, a temple of communication, but it's communication that's got nothing to do with social reality or social rules and we are not being nice to each other or so forth but we are actually being incredibly honest and deeply respectful of the actual being so no one's allowed to criticize anybody else no one's allowed to refer to anybody else you're not even allowed to say the word you yeah. you're looking at each other's eyes and you're not even allowed to say uh, your eyes seem amazing I'm, I'm sitting in front of an amazing being you can't say, you're not allowed to say anything good a positive I mean, a positive feedback, nor a negative feedback. Just leave that person alone and go into this question. Who am I? What am I? And talk from your own raw experience. That is a, it's a fine line to follow, but as soon as you learn the rules, then you've got freedom. Like you yeah. are allowed to express anything. And some pretty heavy duty roaring goes on. You're allowed to express all kinds of anger, all kind of sexual stuff, all kind of jealousies, envies, frustrations. We want to see them in their raw form. Mm -hmm. So then... Without the blame. Well, you can blame your parents, whatever, but... The same question back to you then. Yeah. Yeah. It was a real crisis. It was a real crisis. If we're ours aren't true. All my crises were so long ago. I can't can't remember any of them. I used to... All right, I'll I'll share a little bit something. Like when I, I... you know, I got used to doing intensives and I got, I love doing dyads now. And, uh, you know, I got my favorite dyad partners, I must admit, uh, who, who, who are like, let's just go. Let's go into the now when it's just too good a game. It's like, uh, so we use a kind of like, tell me what this is, which is going to just be here right now with me. And let's, let's go. You tell me, I tell you. And it's, it goes off like a rocket. It's beautiful. It's an extraordinary, delicious thing to do. But when I first started out, like everybody else, it's like, I had so many issues. I'd come out of four years of therapy, one-to-one, and trying, I mean, some of it was, well, definitely the beginning was crisis-driven in that sense, but I was getting to the point where I'm going to keep on working on my problems until I haven't got any. Ha, ha, ha. And then I did an enlightenment intensive, and I had two little, two, yeah, little, I suppose, but short, sharp breakthrough experiences, but they just changed the way I, I could feel it go through my spine. It was like I sat differently after that. I spoke mm. differently, and I just started being much more straightforward. Uh, I was so scared or distrustful or judgmental of others, and uh, I didn't want to be in a room with a load of people. I was always like, well, how can he get enlightened sitting here talking to other people? Well, uh, I'm as messed up as they are, and, and they're like, let's get out of here. And I thought it was going to happen magically on the walk, which it did. So, <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, Back in the fire of that thing, I was always like, oh, when's walking contemplation? Let me get back into the woods. Uh, so I hated sitting there, and I was scared of myself. I was like, what's going to come up? And it was always kind of, oh, it's going to be these. And I was deeply self-critical, and, yeah, of course, I had the wonderful Irish Catholic background, so I was fully qualified to be a messed up person. Mm-hmm. And I was, uh, I was always like, well, oh, no, what's, what, what weird thing's going to come walking out of the murk wood of my past, you know? And, a lot of you know, a lot of shameful, sort of weird ideas about myself, but most of them evaporated. Like on the few occasions where uh, 
something came up that was just so weird and strange. I would just, I learned, just communicate it, say it. It's like, it's just words, it's just the mind. So, yep. what, I, what was, um, it, and nothing actually terrible. I never came to a line that was like, oh my God, this is awful. It was just a general feeling there's something wrong with me. And one of the things that the first and second enlightenment intensives told me is that there's something wrong with everybody. Everybody's yeah. uh, at least as messed up as I am. Yeah. And I always thought, well, I, I'm like many people do. I, I'm the worst, you know. No, those, oh, they all seem to be doing fine. I know they don't look, you know, I wouldn't do that. and I wouldn't behave like that. And I wouldn't say that. <laughs> yeah. and I wouldn't drive that car. But, you know, the, but they seem happy enough. And it's me that's tortured. And I was. I was tortured by a deep feeling of unworthiness. Very, very profoundly horrible, deep wound that... Uh, no, no, you know, I don't think these things ever get healed. I just went into it so much that I became interested in it. And it took me decades to really keep going like that. That feeling t uh, uh, tortured me a little bit. But each time there was an opening, that was like the driver to, 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 to be in a space that was beyond that. And those things gave me a spiritual appetite. Like I wanted to find somewhere that was completely clear. And when I discovered this stuff and other things, it was like... This works, and that, that, that's a, I want to go there. And on that second morning, I had a lot of these unworthy feelings. And I go, what? Because the first enlightenment intensive you do really throws you around. Like you have not, no idea mm -hmm. what to expect. No matter what you've read about or heard about it, you have your preconceived ideas about how it's going to be. And all of a sudden, you're in this full on relating to other people. And uh, something happened. I'm always do, doing it in my talks now on the, on the second morning breakfast, porridge. It's always porridge. Lifting the spoon, it was like, oh, yeah. something's happened here. And then like, shoo, spine is erect. Boom. And then I remember going back into that dyad and just looking for the first time at the dyad partner. And I was like, something happened to me and I want to tell you about it. And I was just, I just suddenly got clear. I'm going to tell that person, who's a guy, I'm going to tell you what's going on with me. And there was, before I entered the dyad, I, I felt as if the gods were looking down. It was like, this is freedom. And I vowed to follow this to the end of my days. Mm. Like, it was like, I wasn't really sure what had happened to me. I couldn't describe it. It was like, I'm doing this. This is the real fucking thing. I'm going mm. for this. And, um, but yeah, I don't remember a, a, like a, a specific crisis, but it was a general feeling of like, what's going to come up and what will I have to talk about? But I kind of done a lot of that one-to-one -one in therapy. But if I had never done any therapy and never gone through all the traumas of my childhood one-to-one, -one, uh, in a one-to-one -one kind of more safe environment, if you like, uh, I wouldn't have been ready to, to spill the beans on everything. I would have been covering up and trying to hang on to my desired, like, you know, still a young man trying to be cool and feel okay about myself. And, and it's like, I'm not cool. And I don't feel okay about myself. And everything is, a, you know, there's triggers everywhere. So I'd already had like a four-year crisis mm. when I arrived in Enlightenment Intensive and then it exploded into a, actually quite a, not a blissful thing, but tremendous release. You know, I just mm. felt hugely grateful. And that gratitude is probably still why I'm offering them because it was immense so much to me. This, uh, you know, therapy, going into dream diary, four years keeping a dream diary, three hours a week, always being totally honest about every weird little tiny feeling that was coming up wherever I was working in or in whatever relationship, going through them, going through them. And then I arrived in this thing went, bam, mm. there is no personality you need to sort out. You know, it'll always be a mess. But there's, you are the world. You know, there's a sort of, you are, you are, you are connected to everything. You don't have to be caught up in this personality. 
but still, there were many, many other layers of that either. So that didn't like end all my troubles. Uh, and but that was a that was the driver, I suppose. That those unworthy feelings, and some extent or other, you have to learn to love your wounds, which seems like a bit of a yeah. you know a cliche thing to say, but you really do. My, my my wounds after that started to be the jewels that I wore mm. around my neck. It's like yeah, I I didn't get like this from being a happy guy. Mm. I got I got it from. Having a very, you know, my very lonely childhood and and big religious questions. What, what is God? What is truth? I wanted real answers, badly from the age of twelve, and I took me to was twenty nine to get some. And how how do you two find the structure of an EI? Hmm. The level of sleep, the amount of food, the amount of dyads you yeah. have to do. Uh-huh. Look like that's. Like we like I said earlier, that that is where my crisis comes is the food and the sleep. Yeah, it's definitely challenging, but it, for the first day, it's really it's it's quite challenging. But mm. it just I think it for me it just takes that first day before my body adapts to eating a little bit less food, a bit less sleep, and then then there can just come points where there's more energy. It feels like oh yeah, I yeah. feel better for doing this rather than my usual patterns but not always at all because it can get you really grumpy sometimes and i get the same kind of thing if i'm hungry i'm tired i just don't want to do this when's this end oh i thought that was going to be the last (laughs) another round you know so but yeah that's that's more that's just personal stuff and then there's always uh, i do quite enjoy when you say at the end everybody's well the last two dyads no everyone's buzzing because it's the last two dyads but it's funny how i think we've all been there where you go through a dyad and um you just can't keep your eyes open mm-hmm. you're falling asleep yeah, yeah, while you're listening yeah, to someone yeah, sure. and then as soon as it ends sunday night nine o'clock <laughs> or whatever it is you say the same thing all the time <laughs> You lot have been tired for three days. Now you're going to stay up till four o'clock in the morning with more energy than you've ever had talking all night in the kitchen. Should we blow on the yep. fire a little bit? It was getting kind of smoky. It just needs a quick... Yeah, the, um, the tiredness, No, the, I've not found any way through it except you just have to keep going and not buy mm-hmm. into it. But it's one of the most common ones. I can't do yeah. this. And people saying it, their eyelids have turned to lead and they really can't keep their eyes open any longer. Um and at the end, when the intensive's over, the entireness leaves that minute. Yep. As soon as you stop doing the inquiry, the entireness. Mm. So there's something, yeah. there's some kind of... Yeah, you, know, you kind of see right how work. unreal it is it's unreal. because of that. It's unreal, yeah. yeah. It's like when your girlfriend's telling you off, you know, <laughs> giving you a lecture for half an hour, you start to feel very, very tired. <laughs> but the, yeah. there, there's a mysterious... and it's, But the, it feels real, it feels real. It feels very, very real, the tiredness. But at the same time, when that sort of, I think there's a false self you know, that gets very, very tired and uh, gets beaten down. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that gets beaten down is the failure because you're intending to have a profound, deep experience into the reality of you and you keep failing at it. And then there's some sort of, there's an ego there that gets tired. And so, it, it, it you know, you just have to struggle on with that. But it's an interesting thing because you are kind of being broken down. Now people think, oh, it's some sort of brainwashing thing. Well, yeah, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But um, if you persist at anything, it will get tired. Either that you will get tired. There's, a, there's persist, 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 and there's a cracking point comes. 
which is not a cracking point to, to break anybody or make them believe anything they don't want to believe. You're just doing a process of inquiry and it does get tiring. If you go through the tiredness and you go through all the other barriers, you come out the other side. But there's, there's, there's nothing that can be allowed to say, I'm going to stop the inquiry now. I need mm. a bit more food. I need a bit more rest. And the food as well is like complete illusion. I also thought they're kind of like starving us a little bit here when I first did them when I was in my 20s and I had an appetite like you guys. <laughs> now I'm looking at the same quantities of food. How did they contemplate the question and eat all that stuff? Like, where are they putting it? I don't bother with breakfast. I usually skip out on lunch or else skip out. On the, it's like you, you really don't need that food. Five meal breaks a day and everyone is like, oh yeah, what time's snack? What time's dinner? It's the mind, you know, again, like food, you know, all those little comfort things. Yeah. And you take them away and many people, that's an, it's enough just to take away their food and the ego sense is cracking up. Them. Is it a safe space? Yeah, it is, but not for egos, not for falsehood. And there is a breaking down process, especially with stimulants. So we haven't mentioned that, but the, the format is from six o'clock in the morning till nearly midnight. And there are a few rules, only a handful of rules. But as you guys know, there's there's no like tea, coffee, there's no drinks, there's no stimulants, there's no tea, there's no keeping your journal, there's no reading, there's no writing. Smoking. There's no smoking. And uh, But, you know, it's, this is not like this is a morally correct way to live. It's not done like that. It's like do your inquiry. Stay with who am I? Stay with what am I? Stay with your attention on yourself. Stay with the intention to directly experience. Stay open stay communicating just do that don't do anything else that's all it's about it's not a moral code for life so if people want to drink tea or smoke tobacco or whatever it's just for that time but it's surprising what a crucible that makes and i don't think intensives are actually i think they're walking the park now but i didn't think that when i first did them and they were like yeah i feel like oh i mean when's it when's it gonna be over and people longing it's like it's going to be over in like five dyads time on a Sunday afternoon. Five dyads, it's like four and a half hours or something, you know? And mm. people are like, oh, I can't wait, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, uh, wait, for what? What, four hours <laughs> of just looking at yourself? You know, is it that terrible? To actually, but it is for many people looking yeah. at yourself and it'd be the kind of, well, who am I? I, I don't know who I am. Because people realize on the first day, oh, I don't know who I am. Who says these words? Mm. Who has these feelings? Who owns the, all this story? You can't find anybody. And that's really like, well, I thought I could find somebody. Can't find anyone. You failed. And then you keep looking. And then you have to entertain emptiness and blankness. Mind stops. And thoughts stop coming. And after a while, the feelings don't seem that important either. So then you're in a different realm. So every time I hear people like going into some kind of resistance crisis, like, all right, at least things are working, going the right direction. And then usually on the second day, I make a big point of telling people, you do not have to be feeling good to get this breakthrough to mm. clarity or liberation that we're talking about. Mm. In fact, it's almost a almost a counterindication. Mm -hmm. Someone's like, oh yeah, it feels so nice about this. You know, it's so good to just be with yourself. Whereas if someone's banging their head on the floor going through a crisis, like that person's really going through something. You don't have to do that. That's not a necessary part of it. <laughs> but if, if someone's really throwing themselves at it, chances are, they will have a real, genuine, undeniable breakthrough and it will be felt by everyone that comes near them. So for me, that's, uh, I've done a Vipassana. We always talk about why is it that enlightenment intensives aren't as popular as Vipassana? Mm. Because the structure is similar. 
it's and when you're talking about there, it's not so much actually the is a bit different. They do believe that you should only have one sexual relationship and that you should eat in a certain way and enlightenment intensive is more just focus on the technique and that's it. Vipassana is similar in that way, which is just do the technique, leave mm. leave aside your other kind of forms of meditations and prayers and things like that. And the structure is very similar. It's, it's less sleep, less food than normal. E- EI for most people actually is quite a lot of food, but um, yeah. yeah, like Vipassana for me is taught me about determination and mm-hmm. and standing strong and pushing through barriers in the same way that Enlightenment Intensive does as well. Mm. Yeah, so a lot of similar things. Any retreat format that's got, that's got any real salt to it is going gonna, is gonna to have that, you know, leave aside sex for the time being, eat what you're given. Um, hopefully the food should be nourishing and good, but I've been in many places where it was neither, <laughs> <laughs> but still the retreat was worth it. I mean, my favorite teacher, the food we were given was enough to put, I used to stop eating, I used to lose a couple of stone. And I've been in Vipassana places in um, in the East, not so much here, uh, mm. where the food was just so bad. It was like, they really lived the, the you know, the, the Buddhist diet. People always say, oh, the, you know, we've got to have balanced this and vitamin. No, mm. the Buddhist diet is whatever's put into your begging bowl. You walk along the street with your bowl and whatever gets put in there, that's what, that's what's given and that's what you accept. That's the diet. Mm. So there's a lot of stuff in the West where people are a bit precious about things. I mean, and the food in Lime Intensive is supposed to be really beautifully cooked, beautifully presented, prepared with love, and it is. And um, as you probably know, some of those little afternoon snacks, nobody eats that good. Nobody <laughs> eats that well. You know, you've got little taste of this and little taste of that. And it's not indulgent uh, sort of heavy food, but it's... Um, a lot of thought and care goes into supporting people. That's where the love comes. Like, all right, you feel like terrible. The the master's there telling you you got to go through your crisis. Keep going. Uh, we don't care what's that. And then the food is amazing. So, mm. but as you but to go back to what you're saying there, like vipassana is uh, challenging and difficult. However you cut it, and um, you got to sit there with a uh, white hot pain going through your knees. Mm. Um, Tell me about it. You know, which you, it, it's it's not easy, and, and and you're taught how to to use that to to help you stay present. And so I'm quite amazed that some people have the stamina to go through tough training like that, and yet people shy away from intensives. And I have a feeling I it's it. I think it might be because they think it's not real. Because Vipassana's got the whole weight of the Buddhist tradition behind it, and uh, there's nothing that you want to throw away there. That's a that's two and a half thousand years of of, of pretty precise. Amazing teaching, and the pastor can be tried and tested. They tell you what's going to happen next, and then you, but you have to do it yourself. And then, yeah, all right, day three, day four, day five, they know the map of the mind. It's a very precise teaching. Is that there's not there's no question about the Buddhist teaching. I mean, there's a question about how you want to live. Do you want to live that monkish existence, or over here you have different ways of practicing? So that's a I re, by you know while we're there, I don't have any inclination to make a recipe for like, this is the correct spiritual practice, these are the rules of life, that's how you should do it. I'm much more on the kind of, there are as many ways to God or there are many ways to realization as there are people. And so I'm, the institutionalization of the path is not very big with me, but I have nothing but respect for Vipassana. And at the same time, that went, okay, you, you, you've, you've done your meditation, you've learned st- still the mind, you've exercised that muscle, your concentration is good and many beautiful things happen. What about just doing a three-day 
who am I, which does almost guarantee a breakthrough experience, a really profound one. I'm not saying you won't get one and be passionate, but it's, it takes a longer time. It takes it's a different kind of investment of time and energy. I mean, we're so, all going for the same thing, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm sure some people go to Vipassana purely because they want to exercise the mind and mm. they want to they be more mindful and more present. And that's their only kind of goal. But I think most, most people, are, they're trying to taste life. They're trying to get a taste of enlightenment. They're, they're maybe not trying to be enlightened, but have less suffering. And... I mean, I've I've done vipassanas, and I'll be honest, I've never had any experience other than ten days of torture, trying to, trying to sit still I'm, and meditate. I've you know, done so. my vipassana too, and I've had some pretty amazing experiences, but not that caliber experience that you call yeah. total breakthrough, absence of self. The teaching is based on absence of self, of course, and the understanding is implicit in there. But I've not I've not come I'm not using that method. I've not really broken through on a really profound level. Mm. I've not had it like absolutely clearly um, shown. And, and as well as that, on enlightenment intensive, you're not giving any teaching. You're, it's only a, a method of supporting your inquiry. You've got to find it all out for yourself. There's no Buddhist teachings. It doesn't say that everything is a self or there is no self. You're not given mm -hmm. anything. Charles Berner in later years apparently said, well, give them some idea what they're looking for. But the, the whole principle is you, you just look at yourself and you find out by yourself. And there's the, the path is not described. When I see people having a crisis, I mean, oh, that's, on the, that's on the path, all right. But it's a process like that. Wusin, uh, going back into 400 BC, said... Uh, all seeking is to find a solution to the pain. Right? When you find that there is no seeker, the pain ends. <laughs> and it's as true now as, uh, as then. So that, that when that revelation comes, and then, then everything stops. All these, it doesn't matter in which tradition it happens, uh, it's the same thing that's happening. But why not? I mean, someone did actually come to an enlightenment intensive and, uh, and we, it's always like, who are you? Tell me who you are. Tell me what you are. Tell me who you are. Tell me what you are. We never actually say, and you'll find nothing. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're not allowed to give the answer. You find out by yourself, in, with your own body, with your own whole situation, you know, with all your, with all your traumas and all your joys and sorrows. Uh, so one guy went through it and then, um, then went straight off to do a Vipassana one. And uh, sent me a little message going, oh, I've done my pasta now. I'm, I'm, I'm into my, my pasta retreat. There is no self. See, take that. It's like, <laughs> it's like well, <laughs> he didn't have the breakthrough on the intensive. And uh, he didn't have the breakthrough on the pasta either, I don't think. But like, it's, uh, I'm reluctant to give, give any answers. or not. Yeah. It's, it's not the tradition to give any answers on the alignment intensive. But if you're willing to sit through, Say, you know, it's 10 hours of meditation of a Vipassana retreat often in a day. If you're willing to do 10 dyads or 13 dyads a day, dyads, by the way, 40-minute sessions where people are going back and over five minutes each way for 40-minute sessions, and we try and do 13 of those a day. So it's a pretty intense schedule. So it's a similar thing. You give up sex for a while. You eat the food you're given. You follow a strict schedule. You don't try and get out of it. You stay inside the format, except in three days. In fact... A day and a half is the, is the actual cycle. A day and a half of self-inquiry, generally speaking, produces some kind of meltdown and some kind of breakthrough. Mm -hmm. And uh, with Vipassana, 
I have nothing but respect for Vipassana, but with Vipassana, you're still working on getting your concentration good enough to do the practice, yeah. you know, on, on, on day and a half in. You've got to be able to sit still. On intensives, you don't have to have read a single book. You don't have to... You can just walk off the street and say, I want to try this thing. And if you do the inquiry, something will happen, and it will happen pretty quick. So, And, and what you're saying there is this, it's the opposite of the guru. When you're saying, like, you don't need to know anything to experience yourself. Whereas, a, a, and in fact, you're trying not to tell people what they're looking for so they can find it for themselves with a clearer path. Whereas the, the guru method is the opposite, no? I love the guru question. So, generally speaking, with Vipassana, you'll have a, um, a good teacher who knows the road, but not necessarily a guru, not necessarily an enlightened being, not necessarily Lord Buddha. Who, you know, who gave that practice to the world, should we say. And that tradition has been kept alive, which has to be respected. You know, and It's a longer-term practice, too, so we want to be too naive here. Like, Enlightenment Intensive is a short breakthrough thing, mm. and then what you're going to do? Whereas the, the Buddhist teaching is more largely mm. encompassing. You know, it's, it's, it is kind of perhaps a way of life. But here we are in the Western world, everybody distracted and we don't live monkish lives and no one really wants to sign up for the monastery yeah. so much anymore. So it's kind of cool, you, something you can do that yeah. actually delivers. Yeah. And then so you can you decide, do, yeah. well, after it, well, I don't want to be a householder or I don't want to do my job or I do want to go to a monastery or I don't want to go to a monastery. Or, you know, you, it's up to you what you decide. There's no formula for what you should, how you should live and what you should do. But... Um, so it's kind of interesting that if Lord Buddha was sitting there teaching on the Vipassana retreat, uh, no doubt stuff would happen, you know. <laughs> it would be pretty interesting. <laughs> um, but uh, And then, all right, there's a whole field of gurus. Now there's gurus galore. And uh, what to say without sounding judgmental. One is you've got to find the right one for you. It's not enough that a guru might be enlightened. If there's no connection, uh, and I had the great good fortune, it took me a long time, but later in life I met a very powerful Rinpoche, a kind of crazy wisdom lama, and uh, <clears throat> Tibetan tradition, a real Rinpoche, but he didn't have this idea that, oh, I'm going to teach everybody, or uh, everyone should come to me, or anything like that. He was quite hard to get anywhere near him, you know, and uh, he would came or embodied that old tradition like a, uh, you think, well, why is he teaching that lunatic? And and why is he ignoring me? <laughs> or, you know, or something. Mm -hmm. It's like, you can't make the connection. You have a connection with the teacher. There, are, there may be a few people who could help. Now, he, as far as I'm concerned, he was a living Buddha. And uh, teaching happened all around him. He hardly, he didn't even teach. He, just, he was in his presence. Bam, things would happen. And I was kind of ready by the time he came along. Two spirit horse in the year 2000. It was like, um, there was something like I'm ripe enough for it. And it took him three days to crush me down into nothing. So I am in favor of being in the presence of a true guru if you feel the right one for you. I'm not particularly interested in being in a room with 4,000 people who are all trying to get the attention of the special one on the chair. You know, if that works for you, it's okay. But um, And if we swing back to... But yeah, if you can find a true teacher and you sit there, there is something amazing... Someone once said to me when uh, when Rinpoche arrived on Sai here, I was still struggling the first couple of days with kind of having my ego kicked down the road by this uh, old Tibetan Lama. 
And um, who I was the kind of, I was the host, I was the driver, I was the guy in charge of the retreat, I was running the whole show, I was doing everything I could to do it properly, and it was still going to, you're nothing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was a cycle, and it, he, he, yeah. he knew, I could never catch him out, and he always caught me out. Every single word he said would be like, oh, and then two days later, I realized how he was like, you see? I can do it with you any time I like. You know, that's that's a whole other story. And in the presence of teachers like that, they turn a volume up excruciatingly. It's like you've got an amazing amplifier that's far too powerful for the house, and you turn the volume up, and the walls start shaking. Don't play the music that loud. They turn the volume up on your on that inner stupid dialogue that's going on, mm -hmm. and it's like you're sitting there trying to, you know, absorb the Buddhist teaching and and be respectful in the presence of the teacher and every little stupid thing in your mind is, is banging away. And I always had the feeling, he's just doing this and he can probably read every stupid thing that's arising. And I'm, and I'm trying to cold sweat going down my spine, like trying to turn off this stupid machine and he's turning it up louder. Like, that's your number, right? This is your thought stream. It's fucking crap, right? So and it's like, and you, that's a deeply embarrassing experience but one you get very grateful for like all right mm. i've just been shown what my mind is and i just, and then it's like he is sitting there in absolute peace and it's me down here making all the noise and he hasn't even looked at me or said anything but he was like all right that's when you stop putting your forehead on the floor and i don't have any problem with with any of that it's like it's not that some, oh it's necessary it's not necessary well what's interesting in a situation where there isn't um, a living Buddha or there isn't a fully qualified perfect master hanging around maybe it's true when the student is ready the teacher appears but for, you know for many years and certainly when I encountered intensive I hadn't really encountered a teacher like that um, what about two people in a democratic kind of way sitting down to do a diet and like you guys were sharing just now even though you hang out together and you know make fun of each other, we work together on a building site, building a kitchen, we're just mates, whatever, and then you sit down, okay, let's get serious. And then all of a sudden, the other person becomes a mystery. Mm. And not only, and such an amazing mystery that they start to reveal to you that you're there, they can turn on that deep presence. It's just waiting for that formality and that seriousness to be imposed on the situation, if you like, you mm. know, because you probably won't get around to it in your own free yeah, will. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, okay, let's start mucking around. Let's let's do an intensive now. We're going to do dyads. Let's set the gong timer. We're going to do five minutes each way. We're going to get serious. We're going to respect the format, and we're going to obey a few rules and stay inside the format. And then all of a sudden, it's like, hang on, you know, like uh, Elliot's actually quite capable of being present, and and then you enter a different realm with your with your friends. So. Uh, I'm not a big fan of democracy or equality or anything like that. I've got no ideas like that that I'm trying to pervade to the world. But uh, it is uh, uh, interesting and revelatory that we can offer that presence to each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you've definitely been a guru in my eyes sometimes. Haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you too, mate. Yeah, it, that's what is incredible about it because it is just it's like <clears throat> me and you working together but we can just sit down and be each other's gurus it's yeah. like with anyone just even though it's just silly old us you know mm -hmm. it, it, it's, it's yeah it's like uh i um okay how do i not be too offensive uh you're not the most enlightened person in the world <laughs> damn right <laughs> and neither am i yeah <laughs> <laughs> but when you sit down 
And after you've had the structure, the structure is great. The structure makes you do it. It just mm-hmm. makes you do it. Yeah. But then once you've done that, like, we're all going to have a dyad later just because we want to. Just because mm-hmm. to have the chance to look in somebody's eyes that knows what they're doing and has been there and goes, right, I'm here for you, you're here for me. That, they're, they're, everybody has the ability to tap into that accepting side of a guru be with me and I will be with you with whatever arises mm-hmm. and everybody has that ability given, given yeah. that structure so retreats and structures are worth talking about which is why we're having this big conversation really and throwing it out to the world so people can listen but um, you know there's a lot of advice to talk these days like you don't need to do anything everything's already you know Everything's already, we already are, everything's already in place. Don't move anything, don't change anything, which is true if you're at that level of practice, you know. But for most of us, it's quite good to say, I'm going to do a retreat. I'll take, I'll, I'll stop being busy or being indulgent or distracted and I'll go into the fundamental things and we're all going to do it together. So even though it's not a social thing, it, it engages that we're all going to do it. And then we agree we're going to do this. And we agree it's going to get difficult and we're going to get tired and we're going to get fed up, but we're still going to do it. So the format is an interesting thing and a structure. And, you know, I'm not saying we're developing community here or anything, but if we were to try and have some sort of tribal community, it would have to be punctuated now and again with that idea like every now and again we'll, we're just going to get really serious and, and bring ourselves back into the cauldron and we're going to swim in it. You know, like, mm. Let's be really, really truthful. And then the rest of the time, it's all right to be, you know, making fun, taking the piss. Ooh, and we had this, com- well, we did all of that last night. We had this conversation around the fire last night. We had, yeah. should have recorded that because yeah, it should've. was amazing. <laughs> um, and, I mean, from one moment, we're going to, from ridiculous conversations, uh, just funny, silly conversations, and then realising that everybody's sitting around the fire you can't exactly put words into it, but the reason we're all sitting there is because of this. It's because of this technique. It's because of this belief mm. in... And it goes beyond religion. It goes beyond race. It goes yes. beyond your gender identity. It goes beyond your sex. It goes beyond everything. And it, it's it's a thing that detaches you from all of them things that I just mentioned. It is it's so much more that we can take the piss out of each other around a fire because we are just silly human beings yeah, in a absolutely. in a, in a silly messed up world and it allows you to view it in that way and we are to some degree creating some kind of community around that core mm. essence mm-hmm. the personality is not going to go away but it doesn't have to be serious it's mm-hmm. like it's just, it's, yeah. it's not to be taken serious it's an impermanent crazy thing and uh, uh and you know, on a good day, you, you when you've seen through these things, it's a it's a playground. The personality is a playground, and and no one need get offended or anything else, you know, because it's just not you. And mm. You're this person today, and you're someone else tomorrow, and and it it can be a joy really to have these kind of very idiosyncratic personalities. And just in case anybody out there is is trying hard, as I once was, to iron out the personality and get it straight, you will never, ever solve the problems of a human personality. All human beings are insane. They're made that way, evolved that way, crazy. We had a biological survival mechanism 
that came with the body that got out of hand. It was very useful. Let's plan ahead. Let's think ahead. How do you take down the deer? How do you deal with the tigers? How do you deal with the mammoths? And human beings learn to cooperate and develop tools and all. That was all very, the thinking thing put us miles ahead. But then it became, how will I be okay next year? And how will my future be? And then we learned the art of like worrying or something. Great survival mechanism. Absolutely hopeless if you want to be happy and free and easy and living in the present moment. So we lost, we lost that beauty and immaculateness of being completely with what's happening now and then became neurotic, perennial worriers, always planning things out. Many people say, oh, I don't worry very much, but it's in the human being's nature. That's why we're all so crazy. To always be planning and scheming. What's in it for me? How do I get more out of this? Am I getting enough out of this? And it's like, oh, and it goes on and on and on and on. And the mechanism has gone disastrously out of control. And in some ways... You're cutting in the identification with it. You say, okay, that's the, that's the survival mechanism of the body. It comes with the human body. If, you're in, if you've got a human body, then you've got, the, you've got that mechanism going on. And just get it to shut up. And then the, the, the actual sort of perfection of the universe re- reveals itself. And with, a, with, a, with a, um, enlightenment terms, no different from any other spiritual path. It's not a matter of naming what we are or... It, it's just the falling away of the false. So in that process of inquiry, it's just, well, I'm not my thoughts. They just go and banging on. And not my feelings and not the body. And after a while, but that, those things don't count if you just read them in a book and think, I'm going to take on that philosophy. From your own experience, when something real happens, yeah. then you go back to the scriptures, whichever, you know, you might be attracted to some book or other. Or I'm not saying anyone should be religious or what religious or non-religious, doesn't matter. But uh, if you, you can recognize truth spoken or written in the ancient things and then, you say, oh, well, actually, people have been talking about this for 2,000 years in that tradition and 1,000 years in this tradition and 10,000 yeah. years in the other. It's like, oh, listen to these people because you know you, you got the nose for it now. You know what you're looking for. You know, you know what I'm right. I mean, you never fail to remind me that I'm from Kent, Chatham, and I always sound and look like a chav at least. Everybody got to come from somewhere. <laughs> um, but it was only after EI, especially I love you've got that book right there and you I am that yeah yeah like reading I am that listening to Michael tell Kabir Kabir says and <laughs> listen to Rumi like I am uh, the uh, little cham chav and I guess uh I hated poetry hated Shakespeare never interested in it never read any books but then I heard these poems, I don't know if you could even call them that, after Enlightenment Intensive, and I was like, that, they're doing it. They're mm. talking about it. Mm-hmm. It's not just roses are red and violets yeah, are blue. It's, it's, it's not just flowery words. I, will yeah. Yeah. You, I shall not be thwarted. Yeah. And now I, get, I, I, I can feel it. It's yeah. there. While we're on I Am That, let's just say something about that, because it's just an amazing book. So there's... L- all the scriptures of the world have got something amazing in them. If they've been around for a few hundred or a few thousand years, it's because they've got something in them. There's, you can't dish it and say, oh, that stuff everyone's been reading for thousands of years. But, um, you know, reading and taking things on is different to recognition or, or being, able to, uh, being able to receive the blessing of the words of the mm. great masters. And 
holy men and women that have lived and spoken, left behind their words and poems. If we can, that stuff can be there, but can go completely dry in you because you're unable to receive it because you've got the mind, 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 mind. Is this right? Is this wrong? Am I right? You know, how much to the, What's he talking about? Those things. characters and I will not be thwarted. What's he on about? <laughs> Who's this I that The door has to be there. Yeah, the chin has to be open before he can receive blessing. And many people are not able to receive blessing. They would love to, but it cannot, it cannot enter them because there's so much going on. But I don't want to say that. Just in a, I am that. There's one little line there. I want to give a little quote from Nisargadatta. Um, talking about the personality where he said, there is no freedom of the personality. There is only freedom from the personality. And might be good for people because a lot of people get attracted to doing um, retreat formats or, or deep processes and things because they've got problems. The pain is driving them. That's all right. We're all like that. And we're pretty much all traumatized one way or another. Some people might imagine that you can heal or undo the core wounds of childhood. In my view, you cannot. They're set in stone. The personality is always going to be flawed. You're always going to have triggers. There's always things from your past that are going to stop you in some way or other really receiving the entire universe until the personality goes completely quiet. I mean 100% quiet. And then the utter freshness of the universe reveals itself. But as soon as you slip back into the personality, which you probably will do in conversation, in relationship, when someone triggers you, you know, when you're, yeah, the, the world is defense. full of things that are going to trigger you one way or another. Mm. So you'll go back into it. But you don't necessarily have to stay there and you don't have to identify with it. It's just a personality. It's just like, like the body. Some people have very beautiful bodies and some people's bodies are not quite so healthy or not so delicious to be in or whatever. What can you do about it? You can't, you can't say, oh, I want a supermodel's body. No, you have to be in the body you're in and you have to be in the personality that you're in. And when you see through that, it becomes a playful thing. Like, I've got a crazy personality, so have you. Let's dance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> and even if there is a rock or an argument, then, um, yeah, so what? It's not going to last forever. You know, <clears throat> you know. Do you want to uh, go into Broach the, the subject? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. So like, let's go there for a minute. Um, uh, we might not have time to go into this, but, but um, a lot of people go to satsang, and we touched on that. By all means, if you found the right guru. But also, when the satsang guru says, inquire into who you are, I would say, then do it. You know, like many of these traditions come essentially from Ramana Marishi, who was you know, a proponent of that, like, inquire into who do it. Krishnamurti said it. Who's asking the question? People listen to Krishnamurti for 30 years. But then when he says, well, who's asking the question? They probably have a problem and ask him, like many teachers, well, who's asking? Find out who's asking, you'll have the answer to everything. So, on that basis, okay, set aside a day and a half or two days or three days where you do nothing but inquire into who's asking the questions, who's troubled, who wants to know, who wants to be with the guru, who's got a problem, who wants to have revelation occur, all the rest of it. What? Who's got this pain? Who's got this drive? Who's got this seeking? So I just wanted to end on, on that particular thing. Now, many people are doing satsang these days. Many people do vipassana. And many people are involved in Tibetan Buddhism. And there is no conflict with the Dzogchen and Tantric teachings with enlightenment tenses as far as I'm concerned. In fact, I'm quite interested in not pairing them up or mingling them or making a soup out of them. No. But in having like, there's a breakthrough technique. And here is a whole tradition of 
integration. There's a whole tradition of remaining there, of uh, uh, learning to let go enough that all the experiences arise, no matter what can be incorporated into practice. But the other thing that a lot of people are doing these days is being prepared to work really hard all night long, puking your guts up, riding on the medicine and meeting the beautiful Madre. And, uh, um, or just see, popping a tab at a party. Or yeah, okay, on the higher end of it, we got, we got the tradition of ayahuasca. Yeah. <laughs> and on the shorter end of it, we've got um, young people and maybe not so young people uh, dropping the pill or whatever. Or um, back in my days when I was a teenager looking for God, it seemed to be... You get a, a long way with a tab of acid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't you know. Still about, do. I, I don't know. I don't know about you, but I'm I'm not joking, and this is why I bring it up because the very first EI I did, we're in there, and you're talking about breakthroughs, and you're talking about direct experiences, and this, and I was sitting there going, "Are we? What are we doing a meditation technique, or are we about to take some drugs or something? <laughs> like, what's going on? Because yeah. my first, I went from a chavvy football playing, drinking person that considered everybody taking drugs to be a druggie, and then within six months, my entire life changed. And the first psychedelic mm. I ever took was DMT, and from that point on, I understood. Yeah, I don't like to say my path or my journey or. Uh, what the point of life is, but I was like, ah, oh, I, I, I have some kind of route now, something that can guide me through life. And when I heard you speaking, I was like, he's talking to that, that experience I had mm. about the he's gateway. Talking, yeah. yeah, he's talking about that, that yep. route yeah. that I can live my life through, and just even if I get depressed and kill myself, mm. I know that there is yep. a route to all of this, which is bound in love mm. and, and creative flair and destruction and 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 the whole cycle of everything and it, and it is a beautiful thing that was what struck me so much in the first enlightenment intensive mm. in that topic yeah yeah this is the same experience which has brought me here when i was 15 first hearing about a spiritual experience a direct experience this is exactly the same thing and being like wow I can have that experience. I've got to do this. And then it's, it began that journey, opened up that whole magical box yeah. <laughs> and began like, experiencing the, the universe. When we first started doing Enlightenment Intensives here in the valley, like in the in the 90s, you know, and I think it was 1990, uh, but uh, I had a kind of bit of a rock star mate, you know, who'd been around the world quite a few times, brilliant musician and all the rest of it. I mean, I'm overhearing it. Breaking the rules a little bit here, but that's long ago. And uh, in the diet, it's going, wow, just this is like walking the crystal path, man. And, and like, it, it was no tea, no coffee. And he's going, I normally, you know, a proper rock and roll guy, is it? I normally have to take loads of drugs to get into this stuff. <laughs> and there was a couple of other young guys too, right in this lodge, actually. We filmed someone years ago. We'd, we couldn't film in Lime Intense because it's too personal for people, but we. Some people agreed to be filmed. And uh, this one guy was so funny, but uh, it, he refused to do it. He got to day three and he was like, I'm not doing this anymore. This is bullshit. I ain't doing it. I ain't doing it. Sure, I'm telling you, man, I've, I'm going for the door. And I said, all right, all right, fair enough. I get it, you're fed up. Just stay on and be a, be a listening partner, will you? Because the numbers are even. And just just 
hang on for another few diets. Some people here could really do with a diet partner. I don't want to break up. Do, do me a favor, will you? Stick it. All right, all right, all right, all right. And then he came back to dialing. No, come on, come face another bit of this. He was a proper geezer. You know? I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. And I said, all right, look, it's uh, it's lunchtime in a minute. Or is it? When, afternoon tea. It's afternoon tea. There's going to be a bit of a rest. Just have the afternoon tea. Have the rest to come back after that. Right? Just a favor. He said, all right, I'll do it. He came back and dragged his ass in, you know. And every 40 minutes he came with a full on, I don't want to do this. I don't, this is, this, I don't care who I am. I don't care what enlightenment is. I just want a beer and I just want dinner and I want this to, to stop. I want this questioning to stop. I want this inquiry to end, you know. And, <laughs> and I said, oh, fair enough. It's over for you. But will you just do one more diet? Because that person hasn't got a partner. Huh? Every trick I could think of <laughs> to get him to stay there. But we did have, um, uh, Federico, the filmmaker on site at the time, and uh, who was his best mate, or they were very close friends anyway. And that carried on until it got to the last diet. I managed to talk him into doing the whole thing. And then he suddenly popped, like, talk about, you know, he was not doing the technique, but he was still in the field, you know, he's still in that energy field. And boy, he popped me, he was just like, bang. I saw his face change, his eyes open. He's like, I think I've got it. You know? <laughs> I said, all right, now, I think it was uh, the walk was about to happen. I said, all right, go down and talk to Federico, get in front of the camera and tell the camera what's going on for you. And I followed him down here and we came into the men's lodge here because there's a bit of a secret that the camera's there, so I'm not disturb the other people. And uh, so I go on telling him, and he says, right, he said, well, I've never had acid this good. <laughs> I've never had acid this good. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it, it is, it, for like, and you can look at it scientifically. Acid shuts down certain parts yeah. of the brain, and it, it takes away. Uh, let's not get too scientific, but it takes away the thinking, over oh, okay. analytical, yeah. personal side of the brain, so that you can mm -hmm. just experience what yeah. is the experience to be experienced. Okay, I think we're going to have to go another another hole. It'll episode on this one I yeah. think I'm going to have to leave because so, yeah. it's too big a question enough to say that yeah I, I, I want to you know, in case um, there are people listening or interested in this just to summarize a little bit what I would have to say about it is yeah the drug experiences are very useful they also are gateway they also open the tin if you like they make things possible they show you what's possible but if you do not do the slow work, the facing yourself, the, the, the facing all your fears, all the strange little things, you go straight to the magic. Mm -hmm. with the, with the, and that is a, a true revelation in a way, but you will not work out how you got there. And it'll just be like, well, this is the medicine I take or these are the drugs mm -hmm. I take, and you'll be stuck in that. And also, if you're too young, you will blow a few fuses and... On the other hand, if you go all your life without a breakthrough, you might as well take a tab before you go, you know. Mm. But if you really want to, it, it, the, with LSD or, the, or the, the powerful medicines, if you know the terrain, if you know what the mind is, thoughts, feeling, body, if you know what presence is, if you're, if you're familiar with the terrain, then you can safely and wisely and magically move in those. It, it, you can be the... You can be your own shaman. You can you can move through those spaces, but otherwise you will be thrown here and thrown there by and not know where you were. But yeah, still the true revelation is there. It's more the trouble of the come down when you go back into your personality mm -hmm. and make decisions about how you live in your life. You're not really sure what's happened. You know mm -hmm. something pretty major has happened. Whereas uh, the, the groundwork combined maybe with the help of the breakthrough medicines and maybe even not talking about bad street drugs, but 
you know, maybe a pure ayahuasca ritual or something. Those, uh, those two things could perhaps uh, help each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's helping me. I don't want to dive into it too much. I know you're trying to wrap this yeah. up here, and maybe we will do another episode on this because I can see a lot more excitement in this <laughs> in this conversation. <laughs> All right, it's a big old topic, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, like, I have yeah, found yeah. myself at the top of the mountain. I've found myself doing the eyes, and now I've, I find that if I try and do these medicine journeys, I'm so open. It just blast me left right and center now Mm. and the one thing that is leveling me out to to do the real work that i've got to do is the integration for me eis are a little bit like an integration for ayahuasca Mm -hmm. it 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 allows a mapping of how to really go on the journey that you need to go on Mm -hmm. to know the terrain yeah so i think that those those shortcuts are it can be dangerous for some people, and just and but even if we lay all that sort of consideration aside, you still want to. You don't want to be thrown somewhere. If sooner or later you have to face everything. Sooner or later you have to know the terrain. You have to know what it's like when trouble comes or up. You have to be able to work through all your fears, angers, jealousies, and all the other poisons that exist in all of us. And that is actually going to be slow work, even though the breakthroughs might happen very quickly. Yeah, yeah. Look, uh, guys, all right, we, we, we talked mm-hmm. and talked. So uh, it's a, uh, yeah, we knew it was going to be a big old subject. Uh, so <laughs> we're not going to get there with everything. So perhaps, um done about this evening, we, don't, we might wear everybody out. So perhaps at some point or other, we'll look a bit more at that, seeing as so many, you know, in our culture, it kind of almost needs, uh, the culture is so messy, it almost needs an instant enlightenment. So to some extent, there's an, you know, yeah. an excuse or a reason everybody. to use the fast path. <laughs> and perhaps that's why it arose, because the earth herself wants people to be awake, you know, without making too big a song and dance about some philosophical idea like that. But, um, you know, our civilization got so destructive and inside it, some things are starting to pop that may even correct it. But um, even just on a personal level, that's a big subject and uh, maybe one that some young people might go a little bit astray on and it may be good to, to, to discuss those, that the medicine or drugs in a more uh, you know, sober, yeah. sober way and uh, mm-hmm. not, not, not rush over it. Yeah. So we'll, we'll leave it at that, you know, enlightenment intensive. So three day format followed by a couple of days of deep, profound relaxation where you can do breathing and body work and other things to, and sit by the waterfalls and sit by the river. If you've got a place like this or wherever you do the retreat, it's a retreat format that's available to people. Let's just summarize it for people that might have dipped into this conversation uh, that doesn't involve any drugs and doesn't involve anything other than um, a, a, a nice clean diet and um, going at it without without a relapse, going into an inquiry method, focusing on what seems to be you with the intention of going to the very, very depths and reality of you if there is such a thing and being open, throwing your body, mind, consciousness, whatever you got, open to that possibility and telling a partner what's arising. And Metin, just follow that for three whole days held by a, you know professional staff. People know what they're doing. And it's something that anybody could do, pretty much any age, uh, any background. Um, not if you're prone to psychotic episodes, but pretty much anyone that's in fairly reasonable physical and mental shape can uh, can can do it. And uh, we use it as a bedrock of what we're doing here at Spear Horse. Um, and from that, people may decide they want to get further into meditation or spiritual traditions, but that's their own decision. We're, um, we're discussing what 
what the gateway experiences and how they relate to what's going on really in the current scene right now and what might be good for people to do. Before you do your very final wrap-up, um, can I just say that uh, we're currently sitting in the men's lodge that we have here at Spirit Horse. It happens to also be a kitten's nest, so <laughs> we've had little kittens running around us. Um, and this little podcast or radio station is a new thing that Spirit Horse is trying. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, youngsters and fresh blood here that that want to get a little bit more out to the world on what Spirit Horse and Shiv has to offer. Um, so stay tuned. There'll be many podcasts to come, I'm sure. There might be fireside conversations. There might be a lot of little side projects that come off of this. Um, hopefully we can do some kind of episode with you and interviews with more interesting people about a whole range of topics, whether or not they relate directly to Spirit Horse or not. And hopefully we can bring you one at least every month and many other things coming off of this. Yeah, so we're, we are trying to stay on topic. This is the, this is the, the, the first wave, really. Um, we thought we'd start at the top with uh, Enlightenment Intensive and Enlightenment and Spiritual Paths. But there's also the, the ideas of tribal community, of rewilding the land, of rewilding people, uh, return to a ritual, return to a sacredness in communities, you know, through story, through poetry, through the arts, through music, through drumming, and, and all the rest of it, how it pans out. But at, at, the, at the heart of it, we start, we, we start at the top. And um, it's not for everybody. Not everybody wants to go that deep and that high. But perhaps uh, from this very lodge here, this is the Men's Sacred House kind of thing, um, maybe we'll do a broadcast from our big roundhouse or from the Red Temple or from other places we've um, we've made down here in this kind of retreat village among the mountains under these waterfalls here and, and show you around the landscape at some point or other. So, yeah, we can't cover everything and we've tried to stay on topic. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of more conversations which you would be welcome to tune into and I think we've started it now. Uh, radio Spirit Horse. There you go. Um, Spirit Horse Radio. Spirit Horse Radio. <laughs> Spirit Horse Radio. Uh, and there you are. Welcome, welcome to um, welcome to this intimate little setting here. Um, and yeah, the, the the cats have got a lot of places they could go, but they decided to, to be in here. Uh, anyway, yeah. yeah. Hopefully, so, uh, a little bit of home is here. Yeah. First episode complete, and at the time of recording. I will say that the next retreat for the Enlightenment Intensive is in two weeks' time, mm-hmm. at the beginning of August. The exact date is the... 3rd of August. 3rd of August, 2023. It always starts on a Thursday evening and go on till a Wednesday morning after breakfast. Three very tough days, followed by two very flowing, easy-going, nice days. <laughs> um and that, of course, is going to be followed by Zogchen retreats, silent retreats, and yeah, that's going to be followed by Sacred Man and Woman, and that's going to be followed by our little uh, performance arts community collaboration fun time called The Cordon of Plenty. But those are other big subjects which we won't go into right now. And they're all happening in August, and any details on any of them retreats you can find at spirithorse.co.uk. Which I always forget to say. Spirhorse.co.uk. Okay. Hello, world. Thanks to everybody. It was um, set this up with the. It took us a while. We're off grid here, so there's a. Uh, it, it takes quite a bit of doing to get the, the the cameras and mics and computers and everything else. So thanks to Darren Rudge. Yeah. Thank you, Darren Rudge. <laughs>